Welcome back to the First and Six Podcast, Week 5. We're going to break down the 10-game uh, slate on DraftKings FanDuel, a very small condensed slate due to the fact that I believe four or five teams are on bye, and we got the London game in the morning, and of course the Bears-Washington tonight recording this on Thursday at the moment. Let's go through the laundry list again of injuries. I'm sure I'm missing a couple, but more so going over the fantasy relevant or DFS relevant and your season long league type of injuries. T. Higgins sounds like he is doubtful with the rib injury. Saquon Barkley should come back this week, it sounds like, with the ankle injury against the Dolphins. Lord knows the Giants certainly need him there. And then uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is. On the wrong side of questionable, it sounds like so far did not practice Wednesday or Thursday with an abdominal injury. Keep an eye on that. I would assume he toughs it out, but if he does not go, I feel like that makes one of the semi-popular games or maybe the pivot game away from these afternoon hammers a little less attractive. Sounds like Jonathan Taylor is good to go. Kendrick Green, the lineman for Houston, he is out for the season after that knee injury last week against Pittsburgh. Eagles offensive line, Can Jurgens is highly questionable for Week 5. He's one of their best run blockers, so it looks like ownership is through the roof on DeAndre Swift. Um, Maybe a reason to fade it. I I wouldn't look into it a whole lot. That offensive line is just so damn good, and there's just so much you have to scheme for to try to slow down Philly. But Cam Jurgens certainly does not help the case if he does not go. Fletcher Cox on the other side there for that defensive line for Philly. He is highly questionable with a back injury. So if he doesn't go, I mean, this Eagles defense is starting to look a little human over the past couple weeks. Obviously, they let Washington hang in there as long as they possibly could. Don't know why Riverboat Ron did not just go for two there, try to steal a win on the road against Philly, decides he wants to play more football with the Philadelphia Eagles when they're overachieving already, that being Washington, and go to overtime. Good luck there, and you saw what happened. So, I don't know. Riverboat Ron certainly uh, certainly was not a gambler on that play. I think he you know, he stayed on 14 with the dealer shown an 8. Good luck there, Riverboat. Um, Rams, Joe Noteboom is highly questionable, it sounds like, with a groin injury. As we all know, Cooper Cup is practicing. We'll be very interested in to see how that shakes out with him, Puka, Tutu, Higby, all those guys getting a lot of targets. Um, obviously, it's great for all you that drafted him early in season long, but we'll see what happens. I don't think he's going to play. If he does, it probably won't be a whole much, but... We'll see. Maybe they just let him run wild out there, and he's a Cooper Cup of old. I will not be gambling on that side of things. So um, good for for my love for Philly. We'll talk about that game. I certainly hope Cooper Cup plays in terms of competitiveness of that back-and-forth shootout, hopefully. Uh, Denver, huge, huge news for them. Justin Simmons, the safety, is now back in practice, so he should be good to go. Javante Williams, doubtful with that hip injury. Um, so if you used your uh, fab budget or waiver wire priority on Jaleel McLaughlin, should be a good week to run him out there, even though the Jets defense is uh, pretty stout in one of the better run defense DVOAs out there. Uh, Cincinnati, Irv Smith is back at practice. I don't think that matters to fucking anybody, but, you know, Irv Smith, talented guy, helps out the low A dot Joe Burrow that we're seeing right now with the calf injury, so certainly helps the Bengals as they will likely be without T. Higgins. Kenny Pickett, we all know, very questionable with a knee injury. Sounds like Pat Fryermuth is out with a hamstring. I don't really know how to handicap that tight end situation. We got Darnell Washington, and uh, we'll get into whoever else I guess could see an uptake in targets on that side of things, but probably 
just a game you don't want to get a ton of exposure to. Uh, for Philly, good news. Quez Watkins, uh, deep ball guy, kind of blow the doors off of a defense with the deep ball, is good to go. I think that helps Jalen Hurts even more, so we'd love to see that. Olamide's Zacchaeus did have a couple good games there in terms of very limited targets and what he did with them, but uh, they want Quez Watkins back. Just a field stretcher really helps out A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith and you know mainly Jalen Hurts, too, if people are going to double the ladder there. So good for Philly. And then Detroit slot corner Brian Branch, absolute stud, uh, really got hurt. I think he got hurt twice in that Packers game, the same ankle. He is highly questionable with an ankle injury. So if you want to go back to Adam Thielen in the slot against the Detroit Lions, maybe not a bad spot to go to. And then the Colts, sounds like their whole defensive line's questionable. Uh, Shaq Leonard, as always, questionable missing practice, so we'll see what happens there. Baltimore, Odell, Beckham, and Bateman are back, but yeah, the Colts' whole defensive line. Maybe this is finally a week we see a very low-owned Derrick Henry break the slate wide open. Let's get into the games here in a second. But first, the uh, the good and the bad. I honestly don't remember a whole lot of what I said on last week's podcast. It was only like 25 minutes. I know me personally was very invested in Javante Williams, both cash and GPP. Injuries suck. I mean, it is what it is. I played Stafford and Puka in GPP, which was fantastic, but I ran it back with both Zach Moss and Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman was just non-existent in that whole game, which is pretty surprising, but it is what it is, so I definitely took a big L on the GPP side of things. Cash got there uh, solely thanks to Christian McCaffrey, so thank you, Mr. McCaffrey. Obviously, the guy is just an absolute stud there. So this week, we'll start off with the Giants and the Dolphins, one of the more anticipated games of the week, I should say. A total of 48.5 currently opened up at 51. So we do have some you know, heavy movement on the under. We got actually 47.5 at FanDuel and points bet. DraftKings currently at 48 and Circa at 47. So if you can get 48.5 on Barstool, just reading the line right now, unless someone's head faking it, would say go to one of those can-be fucked-up shops and bet under actually Barstool may be uh, the score I don't know I don't know what their software is anymore but 48 and a half there seem to be like the only ones hanging that number right now so if you're into that maybe go over there and bet the under but on the fantasy side of things um, gonna have a ton of ownership it looks like two is probably the chalk quarterback at 7100 uh, helps you afford guys like Justin Jefferson etc etc Tyreek Hill uh, running back situation here Devon Achain 6100 Mostert 6200 I see ownership of 6% on Devon A-Chain or A-Chan, whatever he changed his name to now. Don't really care. I thought he'd be like 25% owned, especially in cash games. I feel like everybody's going to ride the hot hand there. And this dude is a stud. They have to get him on the field. Does sound like Jeff Wilson is potentially going to be activated, maybe even Selvan Ahmed. So, I don't know. I mean, I thought everybody would play A-Chain this week, and we could fade that and play it in cash but fade in GPP, so we'll see what happens with that ownership. I just don't believe the public doesn't use the recency bias and hammer A-chain, and for rightfully so. This dude's an absolute game-breaker. New York Giants defense is pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Eighth worst run defense in terms of DVOA on this slate, and Miami is obviously number one in passing and rushing offense. They're just lighting it up after a down week at Buffalo. Should be a good bounce-back spot for them. Wide receiver side of things, Tyreek Hill looks like he's 25% owned. I feel like that'll be way under. More people are going to go to Kansas City, Minnesota, a more competitive game as the Miami Dolphins are a 12-point favorite pretty much um, across the board there. So I don't see people stacking a ton of this passing game, but maybe they do because the passing game kicks ass. So 
good for them. Uh, sneaky play that I like a ton. I don't know if he's going to be sneaky, but Wandell Robinson, yeah, it seems like his ownership's creeping up. 9,000, uh, 3K, dead flat minimum on DraftKings. So in terms of coverage here, I mean, we don't really need to break down what the Giants do on defense. You know the ball is going to Tyreek Hill. You know the ball is going to Jalen Waddell. Um, but for Miami, they're going to run a lot of man coverage. In 2022, man, Wandell Robinson was Daniel Jones's guy against man coverage. This year, it's kind of been Waller and Slayton, but Wandell's only played like one and a half games. So the snaps went way up last week on Monday night. So love to see that for Wandell Robinson. Just way too cheap in a great game script on paper that they should be getting their ass kicked and pass a lot again. Um, if you don't want to play Wandell Robinson nut cheap at 3K, I mean, I'd say play him in cash no matter what, but in tournaments you could pivot to, you know, maybe one uh, Rondell Moore, or uh, we'll talk about that game in a bit, and maybe I'm, I have a feeling the Patriots have to fucking unleash DeMario Douglas soon, and he's 3K, and that guy's a game-breaker too. So, I don't know, just an overall great price, great situation for Wandell Robinson. And then when Miami's not playing man, they will play some cover three. That should help Waller out. I mean, they got to get him going. The slot receiver, which, again, I think Paris Campbell's going to keep losing snaps. That should be Wandell. And then the running backs in the checkdown game. And then when Miami blitzes, it should be Waller. So this should be an excellent buyback spot for Darren Waller. Having said that, this offense sucks. This team sucks. Hard to bank on Darren Waller, but a 2% owned in a great game script. That could be, you know, a top three tight end on this slate. And he's priced like it, too. So we're not reinventing the wheel by saying that. But... Really love this spot for him. If you haven't season long, just hold it. It's good things are going to come, hopefully. So um, no props or anything in my mind that I really like there. But again, maybe Barstool's hanging a bad number just depending on what the rest of the market is doing right now. And when you see Circa at a flat 47, then yeah, take the point and a half if you're into that sort of thing. Dolphin side, we already talked about them. Saints and the Patriots. I really don't have a whole lot to say about either teams here. I mean, the total's at, what, 39 and a half? Um, 40 and a half at Barstool, 39 and a half circa. So again, maybe another point edge you could take. I don't know if that's much of an edge, but 40 is kind of a key number. So um, Saints are a, it's pretty much a pick them. Cool. Uh, that opened up as a two-point dog, now pick them. Saints are going to run a ton of man coverage. We talked about that pretty much every single week. That is advantage Kendrick Bourne. And then a little bit of cover two, which should be the slot, which is Juju. But I have a feeling, I mean, they got to get to Mario Douglas the ball. You saw him spin out that uh, that defender at Dallas last week. I had him at 12-1 to score a touchdown. Was hoping that was the one he took to the boat. He did not. But just watching this guy, I mean, even watching him in the Patriots game before he fumbled, watching him week one against Philly, this dude is good. No idea why the fuck his snaps went down so much after week one. Obviously, he fumbled in week two. I don't know. Is, is the game passing Bill Belichick by? Like, you got to let... Especially with this shitty team, you've got to let your young studs get snaps, get familiar with the NFL. Demario Douglas looks like a poor man's Tyreek Hill. And saying that, that's still an incredible fantasy asset if they could let him loose. So love to see that. Should be a good spot for him. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson against that cover two should get a lot of check down work. And then New Orleans should blitz a decent amount. And man, Alante Taylor, I mean, that... that Saints defense is good, but Lante Taylor is not very good in the inside of that coverage, so that should be advantage Juju, and hopefully, again, Demario Douglas. I don't want to play anything with Juju. I'm not going to take any props because I just have a weird feeling Bill is finally going to get fed up with this team and let his studs play, and that stud is Demario Douglas, who should get a lot of a lot more routes this week in the slot for the Patriots defense, uh, surprisingly running a lot of zones. So uh, cover three and then man coverage, pretty much what they're going to run. Just those two, which is pretty much every team in the NFL runs cover three and man for the most part, besides those heavy man teams that we'll get through soon. 
Uh, against cover three, Rashid Shahid should be in a good spot here. But again, this is all like data without Alvin Kamara. Obviously, Alvin Kamara had 13 plus catches last week. Um, so I know that was one of the things that I was all over on the podcast. If Vita Vea did not play, I was going to play a ton of Kamara. Only played a little bit of him, but damn good, uh, damn good play there in terms of where the ownership was in that 6K range. And then against man coverage, it's going to be Michael Thomas and Olave. Michael Thomas, surprisingly lighting it up in terms of actual like metrics. So targets per routes ran on this slate, minimum of 60 routes ran, that is. So good guys that played all year. Pretty much Michael Thomas is 25th there. He is 17th in the quarterback first read, and he is 21st in air yard. So Michael Thomas is actually getting some longer depth of target routes, and he's pretty cheap this week, 4,900. Let's go into the DraftKings side of things here. Quarterbacks, no one's going to play Derek Carr. No one's going to play Mac Jones. I don't blame them. I'm not going to either. Ramondre Stevenson, I'm seeing 18% ownership. Like we said, should be a decent checkdown game for him against that cover two. I'm not, I mean, 5,600 is pretty cheap, but we are still seeing a lot of Zeke Elliott, 4,700 for Zeke, not playing him. Um, but Ramondre, I guess, at that ownership, you got to take a look at that and ride the ownership potentially in cash. Alvin Kamara, sub 10%, pretty good spot for him here against New England. Uh, Chris Olave, 10%, then no ownership pretty much throughout this whole game. We're not playing a tight end. Maybe Hunter Henry at 44 if you want to, but... Saints do a very good job covering tight ends. And Chris Olave, I'm not paying 6900 for Chris Olave this week against the Patriots when the total is at 40 points, pretty much. We talked about there. Moving on to the Ravens and Steelers and probably moving past the moving uh, <laughs> the Steelers and the Ravens. Uh, Pittsburgh D is going to play a ton of man defense. That's pretty much all they do. Odell has actually seen a massive uptick in targets per route ran against man coverage for Lamar Jackson. He's healthy this week. I wouldn't recommend playing it, but um, if you want a sneaky like player prop or something, maybe they lay like two and a half receptions for Odell with juice on the over. Then maybe I would I would take a look there. But other than that, this game's pretty gross. A total sitting at thirty eight. Uh, pretty much at every book, and Baltimore is a four-point favorite. Pittsburgh, who the fuck knows who's going to play quarterback? I guess Mitch Trubisky if Pickett doesn't go. Um, Pitt will play a little bit of cover three. That's where you want to play, you know, Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews. And then when they blitz, they are kind of like above-average team that uh, blitz rate. That should be Zay Flowers as well. So I do like like a little sneaky stack of Lamar just because there's no ownership on him. Everybody that is paying up is going to pay for Jalen Hurts, including myself. Or, uh, I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, 3% Lamar Jackson. But the total's just so damn low. Not really interested in that. But when you run like Lamar and you got a cheap 5,500 Zay Flowers. And Mark Andrews is pretty cheap too. 5,500 Mark Andrews. Yeah, I guess that could be a little bit of a sneaky GPP stack if you want to. Run it back with George Pickens. He's going to be like the only guy getting targets. And Marlon Humphrey. I should have mentioned that. And the injury is still questionable. So, these corners for Baltimore are not very good. So um, maybe a sneaky GPP play, but that's about it. No interest in Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, or anything on the running back side of things for the Ravens. We got the Panthers going to Detroit at Ford Field. Um, we mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown potentially on the wrong side of questionable here. Um, Carolina's going to run a ton of cover three, and they just won't blitz. Pretty much the uh, you know very similar defense to the Vikings, except the Vikings blitz a ton. Uh, literally just all they play is zone and mainly cover three. Uh, fun fact here, Sam Laporta is inside the top 10 overall on this slate in targets per routes ran. So if you want to play him, 
this is a great spot to do it against a cover three. That is when Jared Goff has been looking for him a lot and not much, you know, target share for the X and the Z receivers in that offense. So that would be, you know, potentially the coming back of Jameson Williams and then Josh Reynolds. I just don't think that's a great spot for them. You kind of want to run all over Carolina. They are nut last in run defense DVOA. So great spot here for David Montgomery, the touchdown man, and also, you know, Jamar Gibbs. I just don't think they're getting Jamar Gibbs a ton of carries. Obviously, I don't think that. I know that they're not doing that. And probably the checkdown game is going to be light if they run Carolina out of the stadium. But if Amon Ross St. Brown is limited or not playing at all, I think Carolina's defense had 2,200. Jared Goff's just, you know, Jared Goff. I know this offense kind of hides him, and they do protect the ball pretty well, but Carolina's defense still does have some playmakers, so I'm okay with that. Um, if Amon Ra's, you know, if he was good to go and not questionable, I feel like this would be a nice sneaky stack that I would be interested in just because this offense is so efficient when they pass the football. They do have a team total of 27, so very high. One of the higher ones on the slate outside of Philly. And Miami, obviously, has got a team total of 29 way up there. Kansas City and uh, their team total, Detroit, higher than Minnesota. So, yeah, definitely a really good offense to get exposure to. Amon Ra St. Brown, 7,800. Probably too expensive for a banged-up Amon Ra in a game that's probably not going to be very competitive. But Jared Goff, 6,300. Maybe a cash game play if Amon Ra is good to go, if you need the savings. But other than that, not really interested in this game. The Falcons, man, they fucking suck, too. Let's look at this game on the Vegas board here 41 point total um, bet up to 41 and a half at Circa so a little bit of movement on the uptick there uh, Atlanta opened as a three-point favorite now a one and a half point favorite so it should be a gross back and forth game uh, I mean this just has to be a, just a Bijan Robinson like absolute smash the world type of week looking at his ownership I see 12 percent I refuse to believe that he's the best play on the board I think this whole week he's got to get up closer to 20 if his name was Christian McCaffrey and, you know, if Christian McCaffrey was in this matchup, I don't want to say their usage is exactly the same. Obviously, we get some Algier, but they're really starting to lean into Bijan, and he is just as talented in Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion, if not better. Has a better offensive line, too. Um, but, yeah, not necessarily the same usage. But 7,700, this is a 2K discount from Christian McCaffrey on a normal week, and one of the best matchups on the board. The Houston Texans rank fifth to worst fit the last on the run defense DVOA and Atlanta's offense obviously is fantastic running the football they are top six in that category on the other side of run offense DVOA give me all the fucking Bijan I can um yeah I mean I got him projected for 21 points and optimized right now having like 20.1 so a little higher than the market which is cool but I am all in on Bijan this week gonna make that very very clear I'm We'll talk about maybe lineup construction shortly after this. But yeah, on the other side for Houston, I should have broke down this coverage. I believe I did. Yeah, Atlanta's going to play a ton of man and then a little bit of cover three. They will not blitz very much at all. Um, for Houston, that against the man coverage should be advantage to Nico Collins and Robert Woods. Um, Robert Woods actually playing a little bit more outside than I thought, but I don't know if I really want to pick on Jeff Akuda and AJ Terrell on the outside there. So maybe a good spot for Tank Dell. Um, against cover three, that Atlanta will run a little bit when they're not playing man. That is advantage Tank and Nico. I mean, Nico's having a fucking fantastic year. Absolutely love that. I hate that I was all over him the last two years, uh, especially in Dynasty and stuff like that. So I do have him there, but just like now his price is going up. 
Um, it's actually not that bad this week. What is he? 5,600. So yeah, I mean, we were playing Nico Collins when he was 3K and now it's like those days are gone and he's just tearing it up. This guy is seventh in targets per routes ran on the slate. He's 11th in first reads and he's got to be up there in air yards. I would imagine too. sixth. So this guy's lighting it up top 15 in every single metric that I really care about from the wide receiver position. Just not a great matchup against AJ Terrell there and Jeff Akuda, but Nico's a stud. So I, I mean, He's honestly one of PFF's like top-rated wide receivers, so it's awesome to see the talent come to fruition. Um, his ownership's going to be through the roof. I'm looking at 15% right now. You probably want to take a good look at that and cash, and Tank Dell also going to be very popular. It says 15%. I just refuse to believe aggregate-wise, like 30% of the field is playing a Texans wide receiver in a total of 41. Just I know they're cheap, but still... Um, you know, Stroud's going to sling it a lot, but not really interested there. Stroud's 6K. That's awesome. I mean, that's what volume does. He's not great. He's not bad, but they throw the ball so much, you get fantasy points. So cool there. But yeah, um, my main interest is going to be Bijan and probably the Atlanta Falcons defense. See if they can get to Stroud. But if you want to run it back on the other side of Bijan with Nico or Tinkdale, I won't talk you off it, but that ownership's pretty, pretty crazy. Um, Titans, Colts. <sighs> The price on DeAndre Hopkins is so low. I'm very interested in that. So let's go to, we got a total of 42 and a half. And the Titans are a two and a half point road favorite here. So I like the t- Tennessee defense here. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, 5,700. I'm playing him in cash. I'll probably take a look at him in GPPs if I'm not playing the Tennessee Titans defense. Don't really love to play the Titans defense on the road, but 2,400, certainly interested in that. Derrick Henry, sub 10%, 7,500. Like I said, this whole Colts defensive line is questionable, so keep an eye on that. could be a great spot for him. Colts defense should run a ton of cover three and then a little bit of cover four. Pretty much just play exclusive zone and do not blitz. So against cover three, as advantage, DeAndre Hopkins for the targets per routes ran there with Ryan Tannehill and also a lot of checkdowns at Tajay Spears. And then cover four, um, going to the inside with Nick Westbrook. I'm not playing Westbrook. Um, these DBs suck for the Colts. That's kind of the main reason we really shifted towards Puka on Sunday last week in the GPP side of things. And, you know, the Rams play a ton of no huddle, so that helps with volume. It just sucked that the Colts were inept for a half of that game. Um, should have been even more of a shootout. But, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, 5,700. Fire him up. Anthony Richardson, check the ownership there. 7K, 13%. I'm seeing another cash game viable guy. Just don't think I want to stack against Tennessee when they play so damn slow. So, um, you know, fine for cash. I don't think I'll get there in GPPs at 13% ownership. No way. Um, but Michael Pittman, always a great spot against uh, Tennessee's man coverage with Christian Fulton and whoever the hell else they got playing cornerback. I should know that off the top of my head by now. Uh, when they're not playing man, it should be a little bit of cover three and cover four against cover three. That is the Colts tight end. Uh, Mo Cox is questionable. Uh, Kellen Granson, I don't know. It's like they run four different tight ends that run routes for that team. So I'm out there. Josh Downs should eat against that cover three. The issue there is they just don't play a ton of it. And when they do show cover four, that is advantage of Michael Pittman. So... I don't know, potentially a bounce-back spot for Pittman. No one will play him. He's like 5% owned right now that I'm seeing. So you could certainly stack that game if you think it'll be a low-key divisional shootout. I just don't like it when the slate is so sexy as is. Let's go to afternoon here, the Bengals and the Cardinals. Sounds like T. Higgins is going to miss. I mean, you could play Joe Burrow in GPPs if you want. He says he's good to go. I'm going to wait and see. Um, but this should be a pretty competitive game. It's 44 and a half total opened up at 42. So it is, but getting bet up 
and the Bengals open as a five-point favorite, now down to a three-point favorite. So they're expecting a back-and-forth game here with the Bengals and the Cardinals. Uh, a lot of good fantasy assets here. Let's pull up the ownership. No one is playing Joe Mixon. This guy's usage is absolutely through the roof. Um, not leaving the field lately, so I'm I'm all for Joe Mixon. Uh, at 5% ownership, 6,400 against Arizona's defense. Arizona ranks 6th to worst in run defense DVOA, and their pass defense is awful too, I believe. They are 2nd to last in that, so should be a great spot for the Bengals' offense. On the other side, though, the Bengals' defense sucks. They are 10th worst in pass defense DVOA on this slate and 3rd to last against the run. So James Conner, Joe Mixon, James Conner's 5,800. I never played James Conner. I think I even said that last week. Like, I'm just not a James Conner guy. 5,800 in this matchup. Shouldn't leave the field. I'm interested in a 7% owned James Conner and Joe Mixon. Yeah, Phew, man, I love that. You should run all over this team of Arizona. So I'm down with him. Um, Hollywood Brown, 5K flat, 11% ownership. He is in my cash game lineup, full clarity. He and D-Hop are. I'm taking those value wide receiver ones. Um, but I got a sneaky play in this game. I think I like a lot. I'm waiting for a prop. I hope we can get like a one and a half catch prop like we did with Wandell Robinson on Monday night. When DraftKings laid that, I think it opened at minus 180, but for me, that was still a hammer play when I had my three and a half catches projection-wise. Um, where is my notes here? Put them not on paper for you, um, the Model Maniac. I appreciate your feedback, not crinkling paper everywhere. But Cincinnati's going to play a good bit of man, a lot of blitz, and should play a little bit of cover two and cover three. Against that man coverage, honestly... Rondell Moore's getting a lot of targets per routes ran in that, and Hollywood Brown's going to eat in all three of these coverages. Um, but, yeah, Rondell Moore should get a good tick up, so I kind of like that mini stack of, you know, if you want to play Jamar Chase, run it back with Rondell. If you want to stack this game, run it back with Rondell and Hollywood. The price of Rondell is just so cheap, and I've never, ever in my fucking life been a Rondell Moore fan. He's always been DFS fucking chalk idiots that play him. Yeah, especially when he was like 5K last year and the year before that, Rondell Moore was always chalked. Just, I don't know, never for me, but at 3,200 and no one's going to play him when he actually has a great matchup on the inside with Mike Hilton, who is one of the worst slot corners in football. If you need that savings, obviously the way I'm talking about this, my lineup needs someone in that price range. I talked about Wondell Robinson. I talked about Rondell Moore. I even mentioned Demario Douglas. My lineup, the way I'm constructing it, you can probably figure it out how I'm doing that, what games I'm getting exposure to. Later this afternoon where I need salary relief, Rondell Moore makes this work. Wondell Robinson makes this work. Um, so against that man coverage and Mike Hilton especially, Rondell Moore should eat. He's getting some carries too, so a little bit of a dual threat player. And then against the cover two, that's where Zach Ertz and Hollywood Brown, again, Hollywood Brown's just going to get his targets. It's just what he does. He is 14th in targets per routes ran on this slate. He is 10th in quarterback first reads, and he is 10th in air yard. So way too cheap for Hollywood Brown. And then when they blitz, Rondell Moore gets a lot of checkdowns, so does Zach Ertz, and then a uh, quick slant to Hollywood Brown. So, Rondell Moore, please open up at one-and-a-half catch prop books, you fucking cowards, if you even put a number out there. I don't know if I want to fuck with his yardage, but I do want to do want to bet on the usage that is should be spiked up for Rondell Moore. He's got a fantastic matchup if they run him in the slot and out of the backfield with Mike Hilton or a linebacker trying to cover him. Love it. So, Pump play of the week, Rondell Moore and Wondell Robinson. Wouldn't necessarily play them both together, but I guess you could if you're playing Stars and Scrubs. Uh, next game, fantastic one, the Eagles and the Rams. Talked about those injuries there. Should be a back-and-forth shootout. Let's pull this up. I always worry that teams can't really keep up with Philly, but with the injuries that they have in Washington, just marching them down the field at home. 
I'm cool to go to the Rams, especially if Cooper Cup plays, just because that offense should help. Uh, opened at 46.5, now 50.5 at Barstool, 49.5 FanDuel, 50 at PointsBet, 50 at MGM, and 49.5 Circa. Um, Pinnacle offshore here, let's look there. 50.5, so yeah, people are uh, expecting a lot of points in this game. And yeah, play it. I'm playing a ton of it. Uh, the Rams defense is... Surprisingly, Raheem Morris playing a lot of man coverage. That is A.J. Brown all day long. They're going to play a little bit of cover four. That is A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, especially Devonta Smith last year. I know this year the target shares is kind of weird. A.J. Brown is just becoming a man amongst boys and demanding a massive target share and shit. He earns it because that dude makes plays. So it should be an A.J. Brown smash week. And then the Rams will play a little bit of cover three. That should be the checkdowns to DeAndre Swift and Gainwell. A little bit more A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. But fun fact here for... A.J. Brown in 2022 against man coverage. Um, and this year, it's, I think, damn near the exact same thing. Number one in targets per game against man coverage. Number one in yards per game, receiving yards per game, that is, against man coverage. And number one in touchdowns per game against man coverage. So Raheem Morris, if you're going to run those little corners and try to cover A.J. Brown, if you're not double coverage and then Devonta Smith's going to kill you, or Dallas Goddard or even should have a decent day on the inside of that Rams defense. It's just good luck covering A.J. Brown. In 2023, though, this is where A.J. Brown has just taken a massive step forward in his overall route running abilities. And this offensive scheme, maybe it just took Shane Steichen leaving, but he is second per game in targets against zone, uh, cover three and cover four specifically, which the Rams will run a lot of when they're not playing man. Tied for second in receptions per game against those zone coverages right behind Puka Nakua and Justin Jefferson. He is fifth in yards per game and tied for second in TDs per game. So he is now his own killer too, which AJ Brown, you're just a killer. Love it. Also should be a really good spot for DeAndre Swift, but ownership for him. Uh, let's go through it. So Jalen Hurts, 11%. I think that makes sense. People are going to try to afford him, but Jamini and Travis Kelsey, maybe Bijan and whatever else they're trying to do. Um, Tyreek Hill, if he's going to be that popular, it's going to be tough to afford Jalen Hurts, so I do like him a ton in all formats. Um, DeAndre Swift, 6K flat. Again, a terrible price for him, but 22% ownership. My God. I don't know. I mean, it's a fantastic spot. Take a look at him in cash. I mean, you could even stack him with Jalen Hurts if you think this offense goes nuts. I'm probably just going to play him. I mean, it's, I talked myself into fading Kyron Williams. Last week, just because of the ownership, sometimes a great place is a great play. So I'm all for DeAndre Swift here in this matchup. The run defense for the Rams grades seventh worst on this slate, and the run offense for Philly is right there with Miami for the top spot. So DeAndre Swift should be a great spot. It looks like he is going to be their guy when the game is close. I love the close, uh, the close spread here because when it's neutral or within 10 points, DeAndre Swift really isn't leaving the field. Game well is getting out in blowout spots. Or when they're down a bunch, if that ever happens this year, I doubt it. But Kenneth Gainwell, I just don't think he is much of a threat when they've seen how effective DeAndre Swift is on this team, and that price is just criminal. A.J. Brown, ownership at 10%. I think that's perfect. Uh, Puka Nakua, no one's going to play him. If Cooper Cup comes back, I probably won't pay 7700 for him. Uh, Tutu Atwell, I'm interested to see what happens with him. Is he going to take you know, like more of the X spot and they move Van Jefferson out? I, I just don't know if Cooper Cup comes back. Um, but Philly is going to run a ton of man that technically this year has been advantage to Tyler Higby and Tutu Atwell. When they're not playing man, it's going to be cover three, and that is advantage Puka. And then they should run some blitz. That's going to be Puka and Higby. So for the Rams, I do love this spot for Tyler Higby. The Philadelphia Eagles, I believe, are nut last in 
pass defense DVOA against a tight end in Dallas Goddard is going to be like 15% owned. So for a hundred less, just take the run back of Higby. If you're interested in stacking this game, I certainly am moving on to the game of the week, the chiefs and the Vikings get as many guys in this game as you want to, because the total is at 53 for the most part everywhere. 52 and a half at some books. Um, Kansas city opened as a five and a half point road favorite. Now three and a half at most books and barstool slow behind the wheel at four and a half. So if you want the Vikings to cover, go to barstool, take the extra point of four and a half there. I mean, the Vikings defense, like I said, run just nothing but cover three. That is advantage. Kelsey. I mean, if you want to play pin the tail on the donkey with what receiver you could stack with Patrick Mahomes, that is not named Travis Kelsey. Good fucking luck. I know Rasheed Rice is getting a ton of ownership. Um, 15% Rasheed Rice. Yeah, good luck. I mean, his targets per route ran are through the roof, but it's I just don't know. I mean, some weeks it's Justin Watson getting more routes. Some weeks it's MVS. There's just so many mouths to feed, and I'm, I'm just out. So it's Kelsey or no one for me outside of Pacheco, too. We'll talk about him. Um, but the interesting thing, I'm interested to see if the Vikings blitz Patrick Mahomes a lot. Every team that comes in with a high blitz rate or historic high blitz rate for that defensive coordinator, they just don't blitz Patrick Mahomes. So they need the people in the back. They don't want to get burnt deep. And fuck, I don't know if the Chiefs really have a burner to peach it deep. Maybe Justin Watson, but they don't really like to use him very much. And he's been a lifelong backup. So I know I liked him a couple of weeks ago. Um, not really there right now, but yeah, Detroit came in week one as a team that should blitz a ton and just didn't blitz Patrick Mahomes. So I know the Vikings have, I think the highest blitz rate in the, uh, the NFL right now. I'm interested to see if they do that because uh, Mahomes will kill you if you blitz him and he's scrambling a ton this year. So can't say anything wrong about Patrick Mahomes. His ownership's 11% right there with Hurts. I mean, if you can afford him, play the shit out of him. The Vikings defense is terrible. In terms of pass defense DVOA, they are ninth worst on the slate. In run defense DVOA, they are 10th worst on the slate. I love Pacheco here. 5,700 cheap exposure. The Chiefs offense, he is the re- uh, the goal line running back right now. Obviously, Jarek McKinnon is going to run some routes. That's, that's always a killer. If the game's close, so I think Isaiah Pacheco is is their guy. It finally seems that maybe the enemy's gone. And Andy Reid is going back to Andy Reid ways of just riding the hell out of one running back. And Pacheco deserves it, man. That guy runs so damn hard. So it should be an excellent spot for him to score a touchdown. Let's see if we got those touchdown props. I have him at minus 125. I don't know what the actual odds are. I'll pull it up live on air, see how close to the market we are. Touchdown scores. We'll use DraftKings, another shit book. But let's see where they're at for... Pacheco minus 105 so some value on that I'm not taking any touchdown prop at you know minus anything so I want you know two to one minimum even and that's probably a bad bet to make I want like three four or five I like to get those guys in the 10 to one range like our boy uh Donald Parham week one still love that call that was sick um shout out me I've been wrong on hundreds of other shit though so um cool there uh Justin Jefferson if you can afford him you just play him I mean uh Kansas City's gonna run a ton of man defense and here's where I think we finally get a breakout game out of our boy Jordan Addison. His targets per route ran. See a massive tick up from the baseline against man coverage. We know they're going to try to bracket Justin Jefferson. Addison is a deep ball. He's a big play waiting to happen. I think this is where he gets some single man coverage and makes a big play or two. I love him at 5,300 and no ownership at all. It's at 3%. So, yeah, give me Jordan uh, Jordan Addison all day here in what should be a breakout game for him. Also a red zone threat. When the KC defense is not running man, it should be a little bit of cover four and cover three against cover four. 
That is also an advantage to Jordan Addison. And then against the cover three, it should be Jordan Jefferson. Uh, Kansas City also blitzes a ton. That's going to be, you know, Justin Jefferson. He's always, and maybe Tyler Hawkinson. So um, love this spot for every pass catcher. Maybe not KJ Osborne, but I don't know if I'm getting that much exposure. Maybe I'd bet a touchdown for KJ Osborne just so I don't miss out if that happens. Plus 230, they can go fuck themselves. I'm not betting that, but love this spot for Addison. Obviously, Jefferson's the number one receiver play on the board for the most part. The guy just shows up and gets 150 yards. I just can't really afford him in my lineup. And if no one's going to play Addison, I'll take the savings and go to Addison and hope that he gets some deep plays. I love that the books opened up his receiving prop in the mid-40s. I think they respect it, too. They're probably looking at the Justin Jefferson bracket situation that Casey's likely going to bring out there. Not saying don't play Jefferson, just showing value that I think Jordan Addison has a ton in tournaments at no ownership. And TJ Hawkinson, I fucking, I think I called him Tyler Hawkinson a couple minutes ago. I'm sorry, Hawk. He's been my uh, dynasty tight end for quite some time. I love you, buddy. Great spot for him. Kansas City struggles against tight ends. And like I said, when they blitz a ton, that is uh, the guys in that short eight out range for Kirk Cousins. Hawkinson should eat here. 6,500. Great spot. Travis Kelsey, 16% ownership I'm seeing right now. 7,600. Best play on the board for the most part outside of B. John Robinson for me. And they are the same price. And my build was looking at using double tight end and I was going to put Kelsey there, but it's like, I'm going to probably lock button Pacheco just because I, I want cheap exposure to the chiefs and guys that I know get the ball and Rasheed Rice. I know he's going to be popular. I just can't say that he's going to get the ball often. So Pacheco is going to be my guy there. I was going to go Pacheco Kelsey because I do like to get that running and pass catching efforts of the Kansas city chiefs, especially if I'm not playing Mahomes. Um, but I'm FanDuel. Mahomes' price is very affordable, so play him in cash there if you are fading him for some reason. Like, I I guess I technically am fading Mahomes, but I will play him in FanDuel cash just to get some exposure there and hedge myself a little bit. But it was between Kelsey or Bijan Robinson for me in that not necessarily flex spot, but I moved Bijan up to RB1, if you want to call it that, and moved Pacheco down to the flex or a wide receiver. Pretty much just giving away my lineup. I shouldn't do that. But, um, yeah, love Kelsey. Just don't know if I could afford him in my main lineup. But when it's him or Bijan, I'm going to lean with Bijan Robinson all day long. Absolutely love that guy. So, moving on, that game just has so much fantasy fireworks. you got to love that. Jets-Broncos don't have a ton to say about this game. I know Zach Wilson, I think, is going to be like a a sexy pick in the cheap DFS punt range, which I'm usually always for, but I'm out. 4,900, he is priced like a backup. Russell Wilson, I'm not messing with the Jets' defense, even though they are not very good, and do grade, I believe, seventh to worst on this slate in past defense CBOA. So, I don't know. Sauce Gardner's bleeding a little bit. We'll see, but he's still a stud. I respect him. Um, not interested in Jaleel McLaughlin at all, or Brees Hall. It's not a bad spot for him. It sounds like he's going to be good to go. No longer on a pitch count. Didn't even know he was on a pitch count. Obviously, we all saw it, but didn't know that that was like coach speak that he was. I don't recall ever hearing that. Um, but Brees Hall should be unlocked here. This is the uh, the game where he tore his ACL was in Denver, I believe, after he was having a monster first quarter. So uh, maybe this means a lot to him to come back and finish off what he started there last year. So a great spot for him against this Denver run D. That absolutely fucking sucks. They grade second to last in run defense DVOA on this slate, and I believe in the whole NFL. So, yeah, they suck. As we've seen, Khalil Herbert just tear him up last week. Every team tear him up. Miami put up 150 points against him like, it is what it is. Play Brees Hall if you trust that situation. I think I do. It doesn't look like Dalvin Cook has much left in him. So maybe they do unleash Brees Hall here. 5400 really good price. Uh, Garrett Wilson, 6K flat, 15% ownership. I'm also playing him in my cash game lineup. So it is him, D-Hop, and 
Marquise Hollywood Brown. Um, 6K is just a beautiful spot. I just don't think this is a tournament atmosphere for me. I know Cortland Sutton at 5,400 is going to be pretty popular too. I'm seeing 13% ownership. But yeah, for me, other than an honorable mention to Brees Hall, if you trust it and want to gamble a little bit, if he's under 10% owned, I'd say go for it. If he's 15 to 20, say maybe just stick to cash with him. But Garrett Wilson is going to be a lock in my cash game lineup. So that should cover the week five slate. Good luck to everybody. And if you could like, subscribe to the podcast, greatly appreciate that. If you want to play some underdog drafts with us, again, our winner last week, it was a $3 buy-in. We threw in $100 extra to the pot. We'll do something like that maybe tomorrow. Uh, keep an eye on my Twitter at StixPicks, S-T-I-X-P-I-C-K-S for that link and promo code BGP on underdog for a 100% deposit match up to $100. It's a it's awesome format there. If DFS is kicking your ass, give a shot of you know your time to a underdog draft it's really fun you can you know you can only roster the guy that you draft the whole field can't do it so unless you're one of those big sgpps there but a lot different um no salary cap format it is more like your season-long drafts where it's just you know snake draft and you go with it for the week so if your season-long team is getting your ass kicked or injured and you just want to change it up check out underdog promo code bgp thanks for all the support guys and good luck this week to all